You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pesha Meshizra 5781-2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayishlach, and our Parsha has the cataclysmic showdown between Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, and Esav, his brother, from whom he had stolen the blessings, the brachas, in the Parsha two weeks ago. And this showdown was waiting for 20 years, 20 years to happen. But the showdown is not just about Yaakov. It's not just about Yaakov and Esav in those times, but it's a showdown between Yaakov and Esav, between the people of Israel, who represent spirituality, and Esav, down to our very generation, the Western ideology in our Chazal is attributed to Esav, the Rome. Rome is called Edom. And on through our times, the whole West is called Edom. So, what is this cataclysmic showdown about? What is the bottom line of it? And at the very end of the parsha, in Paraklamet Vav Pasuklamet Aleph, the Elam Malachim Asher Malchu, the Pesukim tell us about the kings of Edom, the kings who came from Esav Arasha. So, it's not just the showdown between Yaakov and Esav, but it's also going to tell us about what happened post post that showdown, after the showdown. Because it's something that goes on through the generations as as Yitzchak blessed both of them. When one rises, the other one falls. When one falls, the other one rises. When Kala Yisrael is ascendant, Kala Yisrael is strong, so Esav is weak. And when Esav is strong, Kala Yisrael is weak. And the idea is also that when spirituality is stronger, Physicality is weaker. When physicality is stronger, so then spirituality can be weaker. It gives a list of the eight kings in these verses who would rule over Edom. And the Medrash tells us a very important and interesting concept which I'd like to share with you. The Pasuk tells us that these eight kings reigned before there was a king in Klaisal, before the Jewish people had a king, the eight kings of Esav reigned. What is the idea? When Esav has the kings, so what does Klaisal have? We have judges. When they have alufim, which are, it's not as great as a king, but it's still on a higher level. So we have Nesim, we have our princes. We don't have the same level. When they have power, we don't have that power. But what happens subsequently? So let's look at the different Mephorshim around here. It's very interesting. The Imre Yosher says, The way that it works is, this is something we find in Sefer Malachim, the end of Sefer Malachim Aleph, when the Jewish people have kings, so the kings of Edom they don't, the, the Adam does not have kings anymore. Kihim kimoznaim, it's like a, a scales. When this one goes down, this one goes up. Once the Jewish people start to have kings, so then the people of Adam no longer have kings. And the Imre Yesha, the Sefer Imre Yesha says, why is the Torah telling us about the eight kings of Edom? 
It's for us to understand that Zelum Azeh, the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does things, the way that God does things, is this corresponding to that. If they had eight kings, you need not worry, we shall also have eight kings. As the Hemshech of the Medrash, I'm not going to read, but it does say that. The way that it works is like a Muznaim. When this one rises, this one falls. When this one rises, this one falls. It goes back and forth. And it's important for us to realize that if there's a power, if we see that Edom has power, we need not worry. We shall also, the Jewish people, spirituality will also be ascendant. We will also have power. The Eitz Yosef says over here like this, very interesting. Hey, look, look at the nations of the world. We see that it's not true. We saw that there was it. There were still kings amongst the kings of Adam. But he explains, no. When the Jewish people had a real king, so then the level of the kings of Adam went down. Their kings, so to speak, were not true kings, but like, for example, the king of England, the queen of England, She's, she's just a constitutional monarch. She doesn't have the power. She doesn't have true power. She can't decide who's gonna live and who's gonna die. She doesn't decide the, she doesn't have the final say. There's a parliament, etc. So too, that's how it was when the Jewish people began to have kings. So then the, the kings of Edom lost their power. They were just re, like a regency. Like uh, someone with a certain level of power, but not full power. Now listen to this. Nebuchadnezzar came all along, so the Jewish people had their kings, and the, even Edom had their, uh, you know, their constitutional monarchs, but who didn't have full power. But Nebuchadnezzar came, and he mixed everything up. So both the kings of the Jews and the kings of Edom lost their power. Some That was Nebuchadnezzar. He was able to cause destruction to the Jewish people, to the sons, the children of Avram Avinu. Now what happens later on, there was a king, uh, a uh, one of the kings I believe of, of Bavel, perhaps, I'm not sure, I'm sorry, I'm missing the history on this one. Evel Moradach, there was a certain king of the nations of the world who gave power to Yehoyachim. Achashverosh came and he gave power to Haman. Very interesting. As we know, and as the Maharzo explains, Haman came from Amalek, came from Esav. We gave him power. What happens next? So he was lowered. Haman was lowered. And Mordechai was raised up. The Medrash didn't explain this explicitly, but, but we see, we know from the, the verses that this is the case. That one goes up, one goes down. And it continues on throughout the generations, throughout history. Very interesting. Thinking about as soon as the Jewish people return to Eretz Yisrael, we have, a, have our own state, 1948. I don't know exactly the history. Excuse me if you do know. But we know around World War, the end of World War II, was when the kings, the, the British Empire began to lose its power. The many, many of the different, um, Sub-countries, countries that were under its power, gained their independence. So, as the Jewish people rises, the nations of Edom, the Western powers, fall. 
It's very interesting. So that's the Medrash. That's the first part of the Medrash. And I want to read to you another very, very interesting and beautiful piece, a beautiful uh, analogy the Medrash says. There was a certain field, and the 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 straw of the field, the tevin, the kash, another aspect of the straw, and the chaff, they were arguing. This one is saying, you know why they planted this field? It was for me, because I got to grow here. The one says, no, it was because of me that the field was grown. It was planted. So the grains, the grains of wheat said to the to the straw, to the chaff, wait until we get to the granary and you will know what was the purpose of of planting this field. They got to the granary. The owner of the house came to get rid of the chaff. The chaff flew off in the wind. He took the tevin he put the straw on the ground. He used the kash, the other part of the straw, to burn it. So we see, what did he do? He took the grains themselves. And he made a pile in a basket. Whoever would pass by, so they would kiss this the, the grains. Chapter 2, verse 12. Nashku var, kiss bar. Bar doesn't mean here the sun, as certain other religions would like to believe. Nashku var, kiss bar means food. Kiss the food. Penya enaf. Lest it be lost. So what do we see? We see that what's the main thing? What are the people kissing? They're kissing the food. The food is that which is desired, that which they wish to bring into their mouths, that which is beloved. Says the Medrash, beautiful. The nations of the world, they say, we are the ones who God created the world for. We the Muslims, we the Arabs, we the, we the Persians, we the Chinese, we the Japanese, we the Americans, we the Christians. The Jewish people say, hey, sorry guys, we're the ones who were created, the world was created for. People of Israel say to the nations of the world, you just wait until we get to the day, the day of the, of the granary. When that glorious day arrives, we will know for whom the world was created. That's why it says in a verse in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 19, The day is coming, burning like a stove. So that's the day. So the Pesach says in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 16 the, all of the nations of the world will be blown away like the chaff. And he doesn't bring the Pesach but it also says it's in, our, it's in I believe our Haftorah this week that the Jewish people will be like a fire. Base Esav Lakash. The, the house of Esav will be like this very uh, chaff, this very straw that we're speaking of, the Jewish people, as we spoke about previously, are the cause of the destruction. Hitler lost the war because he was busy trying to kill the Jews. Perhaps 
at some point in the near future, the 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 West will be drawn into a war with Iran because of the Jews. The Jewish people are the fire that brings about a destruction. A destruction. Why? Because they are the essence. They are the essence of what this whole thing is about. The the chaff has to fly away. The chaff has to be removed. The the straw needs to be burned. What's, what's the verse say in Isaiah when speaking about the nations of the world that will be blown away? In the end, what happens? What's the end of it all? You shall rejoice in Hashem. The Holy One of Israel will be the one who shall be praised. So we see an amazing thing, a beautiful thing, that Kalal Yisrael, which represents spirituality, the Jewish people, which represents all that is good, is the wheat. It's the wheat. All the other things, the nations of the world, all of their ideologies, all of their great accomplishments, all of those things that they value and they say are awesome, they're just kemites. They're like the chaff that gets blown away. They're not really why the world was created. The Jewish people, spirituality, ruchnis, the Tyra, that's why the world was created. It's an amazing important point. And, I, and as I mentioned before, I believe that this whole face-off with Yaakov and Esav which is monumental, which is awesome, which is cataclysmic. It's, humo- it's humongous. It's all for us to understand something. That each and every one of us has inside of us a Yaakov and an Esav. We have a part of us which is the spirit, which is the neshama, the soul. That which is, that which is good and that which is connected to God. And by the same token, we have inside of ourselves a physical body. We have a physical reality. We have physical needs and physical desires, and it's so easy for those things to take charge, to say, I'm what counts. This is what's important. But as we go through life, you know, we got to think about the end. We got to think about the end, what's really important. What's really, at the end of day, at the end of our days, right? Each of our, each of, and every one of us has a certain amount of time that we're allotted on this earth. 120 years, halavai, we should have. But at the end, what's left? All of the chaff blows away. All of the straw blows away. Just like at the end of time, all of the false ideologies fall away. All of the levels fall. And all that's left on the bottom, all that's left is Klal Yisrael, is spirituality, is Kiris Elikim, is godliness. That's what's left. You know, one of the challenges that I personally face thinking as a thinking person read stories about people who are no longer with us read a story like All for the Boss about a great tzaddik read about the Chavitz Chaim you hear about the Altar of Navardic these are people who I'm interested in reading about read about my great grandfather who I share with you stories about Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Streisand and those people lived and here we are living and their story is over it's a little it's sobering but it's also disconcerting like that's it the person lived I have a few stories I could show you for about my great-grandfather, you know, but that's all, that's all that's left. He had a whole life. He lived 80 years, something like that. He had a whole life. And that's all that's left. So what's with my life? What's with my life? What's the significant? What's the significance of my life? What are the significant acts that I'm doing? And the answer is, and the answer has to be, and we need to, we need to focus on this, and that's what this Medrash, I believe, is teaching us, is that there are so many things that vie for our attention, so many things that are important. They really are important. It's important for me to support my family. It's important for me to pay my mortgage. It's important for me to pay the electric bill. 
But ultimately, what's really important is this. And I, I believe I might have mentioned this in the past, but I actually got a hold of it. If you can, I don't know if you can see it. Let's see if it focuses in on it. Yes, it does. This is a receipt from Yeshiva's Chachme Lublin. And it's dated uh, ER, Tough Rish Tzadikei, 1935, May of 1935. It's written to my great-grandfather, Rabbi Yosef Streisand, in the city of Brijan. And uh, I have a whole envelope full of the receipts that he left inside of his set of Chumashim, which my father has. And so, what do we have that's left from us? What do we have that's left from us after 120 years, after our lifetime? That's what this Medrash is saying. It's a mushal, it's true about the world as a whole. You come to the day, that the end of the, at the end of days, you come to that moment in time, which is Mashiach, which is the end. Which is the end of the world as we know it. And what's left is Klal Yisrael. All, everything else blows away. What's left at the end of our lives? What's left is the mitzvahs that we've done. The kivas alikim, the closeness to God we've acquired, the tzedakah that we've given, the charity that we've given, those, the, the tire that we've learned, the money that we've given so that tire could be learned. That's all that's left. And that's sobering, that's boring, because it's so easy to get stuck in the chaff. This, this nation of the world is saying, hey, the world was created for me. This nation of the world is saying, hey, the world was created for me. The, the chaff and the, and the straw, they all get burned in the end. The body lies in the ground and it decomposes. All that's left is the soul. All that's left is the soul. And the accomplishments of the soul, that's all we have. That's all we have. Yaakov and Esau face off. Yaakov and Esau face off. And Yaakov bows to Esau and he says, Here, take it all. Take all the blessings. Take all the money. Take all the animals. Take, take it all. Because that's not really what it's about. And, and Esau says, Okay, I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take this world. That's what Esau wants, is this world. Because all Yaakov really wants, he wants his wife, his wives, he wants his children. Because those are his spiritual heirs. Those are the ones who will continue the message, who will continue the awesome accomplishments of the Jewish people, which is all about spirituality, which is all about Shekhinah, connecting to God's divine presence, which is what Yaakov saw as he bows down to Esau, as he says here, all that I have is yours. All the physical wealth that I have, it's yours. He bows seven times, and what does he see? He sees the Shekhinah. He's bowing to the Shekhinah, because that's really what it's about. That's really all he cares about. It's really all that matters in the end. In the end. And that's the face-off. And we all face off with this very challenge, with this very conflict between the Esav inside and the Yaakov inside. And we need to know now, we need to know now, wherever we are in life, wherever we are in life, ultimately, what remains, all the chaff blows away, and what remains is the essence, the wheat, that which we have invested into our spiritual futures. I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to be Klal Yisrael, to be real Jews, to be real, and to be able to acquire for ourselves, to load up, Grab and eat. Grab and drink. This world is like a dining hall. 
It's like a place where you got to grab all the mitzvahs, all of the commandments, all of the Torah learning that we can possibly get. Shem should help us to be able to focus on that, to grab those mitzvahs, to be able to come out of our lives with only spiritual, all the spiritual things that we need. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.